Welcome to another episode of Reformation Roundtable. My name is Joe Stout, and I am excited to bring you the audio from Christ Covenant Church's Fellowship Night that took place on April 11th of 2021. Reformation Roundtable is seeking to plant a Reformed church in Lewis County. We are seeking 10 founding member families, and right now we are sitting at nine families. We have got a name for our church. It's called Christ Covenant Church, as I already said, and we are looking for that 10th family to begin official Lord's Day worship. In the meantime, we meet for fellowship nights on Sunday night, and we meet for discussion nights on Thursday night. The following audio is a fellowship night, and it is the time when we practice covenant renewal worship. This will look very much like our official Lord's Day worship, but until that time when we have all the families gathered, we continue to practice covenant renewal worship. I hope you're blessed by listening into this audio, and I hope you join us as we seek to bring the glory of God to Lewis County through a Reformed Church. I'm going to read from Hebrews um, 4, 14 to 16. So if you'll listen to this. uh, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you'll join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we enter this time of worship with confidence, knowing that you have called us and that because of your spirit, we can know you, we can worship you, and we can be forgiven, and we can be renewed. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for us and the undeserved grace that you shower upon us. We commit ourselves to you and your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Let us worship the triune God, grace, mercy, and peace to you, from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And also to you. Okay, so I'm going to read from Psalm 100. And if you would, whoops, let's stand up and uh, for the reading of the word. So this is Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. So if you'll join me again in prayer. Lord, we continue, continually ask you to fill us with knowledge of, of your word through, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that we may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to you, the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your Son. 
in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and join me in singing, Christ the Lord is risen today. The Lord is risen today, Alleluia. Songs of men and angels say, Alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high, Alleluia. Sing ye hands and earth reply, is traditionally an um, Easter hymn, um, but I, I love, I wanted to point out something about the title. It says, Christ the Lord is risen today, not has risen today, Amen. in the sense that Christ is risen. It, it wasn't that he rose once and that was a great celebration that's happened long past, but he is alive and he is risen right now. And uh, that's what our, our faith, a, a big part of what our faith stands upon. Um, and so I, this is a song that I think that should be sung throughout the, the year, not just on Easter, um, because it is, our, it, it is part of our anthem. Um, as we know, he is at the right hand of the Father right now, and his kingdom is at hand. We are in, in the midst of his kingdom. Um, the, the fact that, uh, that Christ died and resurrected um, changes everything. Sin and death has been defeated. 
Our debt has been paid. We are a new creation. The spirit of the risen Christ is living in each one of us. Amen. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But if we remain in him, and he remains in us, then we will produce much fruit. You guys recognize where that comes from? We'll read that later. Um, this, this applies to every aspect of our lives. As a husband, I am able to love my wife well through Christ who strengthens me. As, as parents, we've been talking a lot about parenting lately, we can discipline and teach our children with love and wisdom because of Christ that strengthens us. As children, children, are you listening? As children, we can honor and obey our parents by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We are able to call Jesus Lord and worship him in the spirit and the truth because of his spirit in us. This and so much more is possible if we remain in him. One key to remaining in, remaining in the vine is confession and repentance. So right now, Luke is going to lead us now in a corporate time of corporate confession. Just as a reminder, as we're uh, practicing our covenant renewal worship, that we are going to try to worship with our whole bodies, and that's that's why we're going to kneel. Before we kneel, for those who are able, I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 39, 7 through 11. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver from all my transgressions. Deliver me from all my transgressions. <laughs> do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. Do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. Remove your, remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. So for those of us who uh, are able, um, I invite us to kneel, and then we will read the corporate prayer together. Gracious and merciful God, we come before you humbly to confess our sins to you. We confess that we do not love you with all our being as we should. And in turn, we do not love our neighbor as ourselves and transgress the law. But you are gracious, O Lord, and do not count our iniquity against us. For we proclaim Jesus Christ and his death as victory over sin. May we repent of our sin, O Lord, we pray. Amen. Let's take a time of silent confession now. rise for the assurance of pardon. I'm reading from Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and their unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. To, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. 
People of God, hear the good news. Your sins are forgiven through Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Let's continue standing and in worship. We are going to sing, There is a Fount. I seek you. 
I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. The next song that we're going to be doing is a, is a new one. I don't know if this is one that's going to stick or not, but it is one that um, comes out of the... I don't know if we call it a hymnal yet, uh, might not be old enough for that, but uh, from Getty Music, who does a lot of hymn-like songs. Um, part of the reason why I love this song, and it shouldn't be the primary reason, you don't do songs just because you love them, but because they speak truth about who God is, Amen. should be mm -hmm. the reason why you're doing a song. But as I did last week, one of the things that I like to do is I like to actually read through um, a verse that at least speaks to me when I'm, when I'm singing. And the verse for me that I can't wait to get to is the second verse in this song. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Amen. Bought by him at such a cost. He will hold me fast. Amen. And I believe that it is important that we understand as part of the elect that we have an assurance of salvation yes. because of nothing that we have done, but because of what God has done in us. Amen. Amen. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sing through the first verse and the chorus. The tune doesn't change all that much there. I think that you'll be able to kind of catch on to it. It does have a little bit of an unusual meter, though. For most, uh, for, it does do a little bit of a change, but I think it's actually pretty intuitive the way that it goes. So if you will, just take a listen the first time through here, through the verse and chorus, and then we'll stop, and then I'll go ahead and I'll start back up again with verse 1, and then sing as you are able and follow. Fast. He will hold me fast. 
tried to take for himself one nation out of another by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds, like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt, 
before your very eyes. You are shown these things so you might know that the Lord is God. Beside him there is no other. From heaven he made your, you hear his voice to discipline you. On earth he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words from out of the fire. Because he loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them, he brought you out of Egypt by his presence and his great strength to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you and to bring you into their land to give it to you for your inheritance as it is today. And then from the New Testament, this is John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we'll continue by singing Amazing Grace. I'm not going to make you skip around on verses this time. Okay? <laughs> we'll actually do the whole thing all the way through.
scriptures. I pray that we're able to be receptive to that through careful study and meditation. Mm-hmm. You supply us with all that we need uh, when we are weak. I thank you for the families that have joined us, for the ones that will join us in the future. Yes. They are all blessings to the church body that is growing here. Mm-hmm. I thank you for uh, supplying us with a uh, physical location for us to meet, uh, for consistency here, Lord God, so that we can uh, practice this uh, Lord's Day worship as we prepare to uh, meet fully in the future. I pray for our weekly meetings that they continue to be fruitful and uplifting as we create a clear vision of how you want us to worship you and glorify your name. Mm-hmm. I give thanks for the children in our church. I pray that we be good stewards of their hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Lord, you are so good to us in ways that we will never know. We cannot contemplate your eternal love that you have for us or the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for our sins upon the cross. Yes. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please join me for a prayer of petition. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we humbly ask that you would 
uh, be glorified in this mission church, Lord, that as we continue to meet, that, um, Lord, that we would seek to honor you and glorify you in all things, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would um, knit our hearts together in unity as, a, as part of the body of Christ, Lord, that we would be, um, that we would be one in our, our desire to serve you, Lord, and to glorify mm -hmm. you. Lord, that we ask that um, this church would become uh, something that would bring um, strength of faith to our community, Lord, that it would bring truth to our community. Um, we see so many hurt people in, in and around our community and um, people who have no idea of the, of the truth and the, um, the salvation that is, that is there waiting for them, Lord. I pray that this church would be a means of bringing that truth to those people. Lord, I thank you for the families here, and I just pray that you would um, bring more families to this mission church, Lord, that we would continue to grow, Lord, that you would um, draw people to this congregation, that, um, that more of us would be able to go out into our community, Lord. We ask, God, that you would give us wisdom, you would give us reverence, and that you would give us a conviction, Lord, um, that we would form a, a liturgy, Lord, and a... Um, a service that is honoring to you in yes. every way, Lord, that it would not fail in any in any way, Lord, that it would not be a stumbling block to anyone, Lord, that it would not be um, distracting in any way, Lord, but that the, the focus would be entirely on you. Mm -hmm. Lord, we just uh, pray that you would give us wisdom and that you would provide a pastor to us, Lord, that, mm -hmm. um, that you would just bring somebody here, Lord, that you would um, direct someone to this place and that you would give us wisdom in um, saying that it is from you when that person arrives, Lord. Lord, we ask that um, the families um, in this fellowship would just continue to be blessed and encouraged by our meeting, Lord, as we, as we gather together to worship you, Lord, that this fellowship would be a blessing to each and every one of us. Lord, we ask for the health and well-being of everyone here. And... Uh, Lord, again, we just ask that you would um, encourage the So family and the family of Ed Wallace, Lord, with their recent losses. Um, Lord, I thank you that both of those men knew you. Mm -hmm. They have entered into your glory, Lord. Yes. Lord, we also uh, just pray for the families of some of the um, those lost in recent shootings in our country. Mm -hmm. Lord, and, they, and I also ask for wisdom regarding how we handle those things yes. in this nation. Yes. <clears throat> Pray for Andrew, Lord, for his, his health and just adjustment to a new diet, Lord, that you would um, or that you would guide his body to, to do what it does best as you designed it to do, mm -hmm. Lord, that it wouldn't have any issues, Lord, that he would be in good health. Um, we pray for our sister Judy as well, Lord, for her heart. Um, that can be a, a scary thing when one's heart is not doing what it's supposed to, Lord, and I just pray that you would... Um, Steady that rate, Lord, that you would uh, just give her heart uh, a confident rhythm. Mm -hmm. We also pray for Paul Myers, Lord, for his cancer, that you would guide the doctors and, and uh, specialists, Lord, looking into that, that you would guide their treatment. Lord, we know that you are the ultimate physician, mm -hmm. and if there's anyone that can bring healing, Lord, it is you. Mm -hmm. We ask that you would bring healing in those situations. Pray also for Mariah Corbin's brain cancer, uh, Lord. Also pray for um, for our brother Les with uh, his T5 spine, Lord. Again, you know exactly what is going on, even more than the doctors and all the scans in the world, Lord. Mm -hmm. And 
There's no radiation as far reaching as your touch, Lord. Mm -hmm. We just ask that you would uh, bring healing to less. Um, pray for Trinity Church, Lord, as they oversee our church plant, that you would um, give them wisdom, Lord, that you would um, help Pastor Hatcher just to, to guide us in making wise decisions, Lord, that we might be honoring to you. Um, Lord, we also pray for all the children in our church, that you would um, help them to grow to be people of faith, Lord, that you would help us as parents to raise them in a way that is honoring to you, mm -hmm. um, Lord, that we would raise them in the, in the covenant that you have provided that they would be, that we would be um, able to bring glory to you through the raising of our children, Lord. Pray also for our marriages, that we would uh, look to you as we uh, learn to love each other more, mm -hmm. as we learn to um, be a symbol of um, Christ and the church to our children, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. Again, Lord, we just ask that you would um, destroy the abortion industry, Lord, as it is yes. such an abomination, Lord. Um, so many lives lost, and uh, we just pray for the parents who have endured that difficult um, decision, Lord. We pray that you would bring them healing, mm -hmm. that they would come to you, Lord, and see yes. the wickedness that it is, yes. and uh, that you would give them um, repentant hearts, Lord, that they yes. might be um, brought to you. Yes. Again, Lord, we just ask for um, strength for your church um, as we deal with the persecution of our society, both here and just all over the globe, Lord. Pray also for James Coates and for other individuals, Lord, who are suffering for their faith and their mm -hmm. obedience to you, Lord. Mm -hmm. um, they are not the first, and Lord, I know that uh, <clears throat> you see their suffering, Lord. I pray that you would um, that you would be a blessing to them. They would not um, suffer in vain, Lord. Pray also for the salvation of um, family members and loved ones um, of those present, Lord, that, that uh, do not know you, that you would help us all to be um, ministers of your truth to them, mm -hmm. Lord, that we would do so um, humbly and uh, with grace, Lord, that um, they might be brought into your midst. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may remain seated as we uh, as we continue with singing the King of Love, my Shepherd is. The King of Love, my Shepherd is, who's Sing. 
time when, when we actually are a mission church we'll have a someone preaching this time but uh, I will not be preaching I'll just be discuss, leading discussion so uh, it's chapter 8 um, I have to kind of remind myself I normally I read this like the day before I get here or, or the day of but I, since I was going to be leading the discussion I actually read it ahead of time so I've got to kind of think back what, we, what I read but, um, so in chapter 8 some of the things that stick out to me um, well, first of all, the theme of the difference between um, discipline and punishment. You guys notice that? Any comments or thoughts about that? What is the difference of, between um, discipline and punishment, and is, why is it important to make that distinction? Yeah. Discipline is an act um, to straighten a man or boy's or girl's way out of love, and punishment is just the raw justice or something, or injustice, yeah. depending on what. Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Discipline like practicing piano every day. Okay, that is a that is another meaning of the word discipline. Yeah, for sure. That we it takes discipline to be committed to something and to, to do it every day. And piano is a great example of that. <laughs> right, Mrs. Myers. <laughs> discipline is very important to piano. Any other thoughts or comments about um, discipline versus punishment? I thought it was interesting how he drew uh, a line to our current government and how our current government tries to discipline when it should just be punishing. Uh, I thought that was uh, somewhat amusing and slightly sad that because it's true. So. So the one thing that Doug points out is that discipline is corrective. And I think that's what Charles is getting at, that it's, we do it to correct something, to, um, and e even for instruction or teaching. So um, whereas punishment is just kind of meting out, you've done this, so you're going to get your just rewards. Um, and, and one thing that he also pointed out is that we always need to keep um, our final glorification in view as we're disciplining, that we're thinking about. Um, know what is the end result where do we how do we want our children to end up um, 
So then the next section, um, was the, he talked a little bit about how kids are different, that uh, it, it's, it's easy to fall into the, I think the trap of thinking I've got to treat all of my kids the same. What do you guys think about that? Did you, um, that part of the, that section of the book? I love the bath analogy. You know, the one kid gets dirty all the time, a lot dirtier than the other kid, and so he needs more baths, but you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Right. So, Dirty Bob is taking a shower, or taking a bath, so we've got to t run all the rest of them through, whether they're clean or not, right? Yeah. That's good. Any other thoughts or comments about that? I remember when our um, <clears throat> two oldest came home from college and saw how we were disciplining our two youngest and complained that it wasn't the same. And I remember saying, because we've become better at disciplining. <laughs> but I do think with siblings, sometimes there's that fairness, that the punishment thing, yes. you know, the justice yeah. part. But, right. but I think it's OK as you grow in parenting to change your methods according yeah. to the need. For sure. Yeah, and, and really, I think um, I feel charged and, and thankfully for the Holy Spirit helps me in this is to really to know my children, to really get to know them and know what makes them tick and what, um, you know, the thing, where areas they struggle. And, and actually, um, I think he gets, is it in here or am I reading this? That's where he's talking about, you know, there's one child, if you um, even look at them sternly, they're begging for forgiveness and they're so, so sorry. And, they're, and, and the other one, um, it takes a, a pretty solid whack across the behind to get, the, to get their attention. So, you know, just, just from child to child, there's a different um, even reception to discipline. What, is it, you know, what does it look like from one to the other? It'll be different from person to person. Um, so I think it's really important for us to get to know our kids, obviously. I mean, I think that's an obvious statement, but it, it is a, a lifetime. Um, yeah, go ahead. I would say discipline is the attempt to guide an action, and punishment is a consequence for deliberate disobedience. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, uh, just one more thing on that, Dad, was <clears throat> I don't know, I was kind of getting at some of the differences. He was pointing more so even just to, uh, you know, male and female, yeah. and not having any daughters. I mean, <laughs> I can just say that, you know, it's true for, for uh, you know, kids kids of the same sex as well, you know. Um, no, even all boys, you know, some of them definitely, you still end up needing different forms, you know, different forms or different degrees of, of discipline, I feel like. Um, I don't know what it's like, you know, to have a daughter and to go through that. You know, it'd be different for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I can't imagine it, but being different. Um, but even in in our our group, you know, definitely differences that need to be you need to be aware of as a parent. Yeah, for sure. Good. I it always amazes me to. Um, to look at just as my four kids, and they all came from Aaron and I, and um, I mean roughly the same teaching, roughly the same, you know, um, I mean I feel like we kind of did the same thing with all of them, but they are so very different um, from, from person to person, and that, that's the way, you know, God has made each one of our children unique, and um, they have their own, um, you know, things that are, that are special and unique about them, and so it's, it is, it is a uh, important to, to really pay attention to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I know uh, 
I had many, many soldiers under me in the military. Mm. And you know, when their correction needed to happen, you want the same thing for all of them. Let's say you have four or five different people or different children. You want that same result, but how you get it may have to be different. Yeah. I know I had soldiers that responded the best way they could respond, and it seems a bit counterintuitive, but for me to come up and put my arm actually around them when they did something wrong, <coughs> pull them in and say, listen, I know you can do better, and you need to do better. Yeah. And they would respond to that, and then there was you know, kind of hardcore types who needed a boot in their fourth point of contact, so to speak. You had to, you had to be firm with them, or one, they weren't going to respect you, but they, you weren't going to elicit the correct, the correction that you were going to get out. Mm. See, that that comes by knowing them, and, and everybody here, you all know your kids, and you know they are different, and that's that's a beautiful thing, you know, it really is. But we, but the. But the desire that you want to elicit, the correction you want to make is always pretty much the same thing. You want them to avoid that behavior because it's going to cause them nothing but grief and strife down the road. Right. It's corrected here. So. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point, Les, is that what you said at the very beginning, that the end goal is we all, all of our kids to end up in the, you know, that, that future glorification that we talked about, that we want them to be uh, walking with the Lord when they leave our you know, when they leave our household, but um, and we want them to have, you know, uh, successful lives living um, to the Lord. So, yeah, yeah, but, if I would, just to jump on what uh, Les was saying there, in what you said before that, when you know your kids, you know, you, it, it does never, be, the discipline never becomes rote. You never just throw them in the bath and forget to turn on the water, <laughs> forget to wash them up. You, you actually, each kid you know, okay, this kid needs this, because I know them, I have a relationship with right. them. And that's one of the biggest differences between discipline and punishment, is you discipline those you love. You don't go spank the neighbor kids, because they're not your son, and they're not your daughter, and you go to jail. <laughs> but, but, but you don't discipline the neighbor kid, because you don't love the neighbor kid. Um, but, the, but, the, but the magistrate, they don't, they don't love us, but they do love, the they should at least love the peace of the society, right. and so they punish the evildoers. Right, right, right. Good. This kid needs special shampoo. This one doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. He also talked about the manner of discipline, which I think is um, we we've talked about this some before. I think in the process of reading this book, of um, you know, I think I think many of us at one time or another have, have confessed to going about dis discipline in the wrong heart of, um, and uh, I think he talked about um, out of irritation, out of embarrassment, um, you know, I think that's, uh, there, there's a lot of reasons, or bad motivations for discipline, right, that, um, and we don't want to, as parents, we want to be on guard for that, that we want, don't want to be disciplining our kids because they've embarrassed us, or because they've irritated us, or whatever, but we're disciplining them out of a great love for them, and um, wanting them to be, um, and he, I think he even talked about revenge, which that's, uh, but any other thoughts on that, like the manner of discipline? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read through the entirety of the chapter, but I did get to about this point here, which was probably the most convicting for me. <laughs> um, I, have, uh, a, I have a short fuse 
with certain types of behaviors that I view as disrespectful. And it took, uh, it took, it took a while for Sarah and I, and actually mainly Sarah, to kind of knock him into my head, like, "Hey, dude, this is not this is not effective or healthy." And anyway, so uh, definitely some pretty pretty serious regret in allowing myself to get elevated emotionally mm -hmm. in an unnecessary way uh, that wasn't effective. And to the point where um, I, I think that God, you know, I'm praying that God has used it for good because it is something that I've actually confessed to my kids. Like, hey, you know, it's like, I, dad's, dad's trying to figure this out here. And, and so, um, anyway, yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate, he's got a line in there that basically says that if you're, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but if you're, if you're elevated and it's uh, you know if it's out of anger, you are disqualified to discipline. Right, right. Check um, yourself out. Yeah. So, um, which I I realize is is true, and part of it I think too is that the difference, like was already said, between uh, discipline and punishment, I think also comes down to uh, could also be stated in another way of. Correcting for a soul change versus versus behavior modification, and I think that very often we go superficial with something, and I just want behavior modification. You're you're doing something that is obnoxious. Change it. Mm -hmm. Change it. Right, and that's not that's not godly. Right. And so anyway, so I know that that's an area that I've had to I've had to confess and pray over and work on, and God has been faithful in giving me mm -hmm. added patience. To uh, to uh, be able to. Well, your kids are like three and four years old. I don't think it's too late. No, no, they're still one six, six. But no, no. I mean, but, but, even, but even still, you can still you can still screw up plenty. You can still mess up plenty. So no need to be uh, no need to be too gracious. There. I, I think it is really. Um, I appreciate what you're saying, because it is really important for us to be aware of our own weaknesses, too. I, I can think of a time recently where I was in the middle of a discipline, and I remember looking at Aaron going, um, you need to take this, because I knew that I wasn't going to continue in the, in the right light. And, um, I think it's good for uh, us husband and wives to, to help each other in that. Um, I, I even had Aaron say kind of a gentle word to me before. Um, and sometimes it has to be a little bit more than gentle so that I hear it. Um, you know. <laughs> but I think it is important as, you know, we are, uh, we're a team. Right? And uh, it really is important to, to encourage each other in this. Because it is, it is a struggle sometimes. Um, I think about, uh, well, I'm at home all the time now, too, because I teach online. But in the past, you know, when I'd be gone away all day and then come home, and Aaron has been, you know, in the trenches all day long, you know, and so I think it's important to just be aware of each other's, um, we're all human, and sometimes we come to the end of our patience, and, and, and we know that it's, that's not a good time to be disciplining when we're at the end of our patience, you know, that we're, um, so just to, to be encouraging each other in that and helping each other out. Um, and the other thing that I think this is something that I've learned a lot from Aaron that's been really good is, you know, the ultimate goal of discipline is always to restore relationship with the child. That, um, you know, even, even and I, I think the world thinks that's funny, some, or not funny, but strange sometimes when we're using, when we're um, using uh, a spanking, 
but in the midst of spanking them, we're working towards restoring relationship. And I, I think sometimes the world doesn't understand that process. But um, but uh, I think that that's important to keep in mind when we're when we are um, disciplining. So. I had a note here about blinking red light, and I'm trying to figure out where that was. Does anyone remember that? Was it the part about uh, the kid turns away from you after discipline? That should be. The yeah, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, so, in, in regards to this, later, so you know, that's that's a. He talked about blinking red lights that basically alert us to that there's something wrong. We're not because because our our discipline should be um, working for definitely for growth in our child, but also in reconnecting when we're done. And so if, when we discipline, a, uh, I, I know you've all experienced that, it, it always just blows me away, it just tugs at my heart. I give a kid a spanking and then he's clinging to me and just holding me. It's just like, I, 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 it's hard for me not to weep in those moments because it's such a special moment. But sometimes you give a, a child a spanking and they turn away from you in anger. And what, what he was talking about is that's a blinking red light. That's a sign that there's something wrong, that you haven't, that you've done something, you know, you're, you're, you haven't established the relationship that you need to with that child, and you need to work on that. So I think that was a really, really good insight. Thanks, Joe, for finding that for me. Um, and then there's a ch uh, section on the right thing at the right time. Um, he talked about... Uh, Sometimes we, as parents, we get it wrong that we um, are, are really relaxed and kind of um, laid back at, at first. And then when our, when our kids start getting into trouble and, and getting in more and more trouble, then we try to bring the heavy hand. And uh, basically, he was saying that's the wrong order. Not that it's ever too late, right, Frank? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but he, he, he was emphasizing that, that really when, when your kids are young, that's when they need the, the most protection and, and direction and discipline. And as they get older and older, uh, they become more responsible, in theory, if we've been training them right, right? And that's when we start lessening the number of rules, so to speak. Um, I remember when I, was, when I got to be able to drive, I thought it was kind of this crazy wild freedom that I got, but my parents told me that I could stay out as long as I want. I just have to, if I'm gonna be out past 10, I have to call them. I remember when they first said that to me, I'm like going, wow! <laughs> but I remember being very, I mean, if, if it got close to 10, you know, I'd be like, hey, hey, it's, it's like 9.45 and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get home at 10. Is that, you know, I remember just being really attentive to that because I think it, it, it impressed on me that, that well, my, my parents had raised me right, but it impressed on me that they had trusted me, that they put that trust upon me and that I was really wanted to honor that, you know, so... I was very, um, I mean, I think I might have missed it a couple times, but it, but it definitely, you know, if I noticed it getting late, I'd be like, oh, I gotta get a phone, I gotta, you know. And we didn't have cell phones back then, so it was a little bit more of an effort to find, <laughs> to get that phone, you know. <laughs> so, um, let's see, then on page, let's see, I said page 50, oh yeah. Um, once I, this is on page 115, I wanted to read this because I really liked it, put two stars around it. Um, this is uh, the, the second paragraph in 115. It says, Once I was talking to a man who pointed this out while boasting over his wife. He said something like, I really discipline the kids well, but my wife can't control them. He was talking as though he were winning a competition with her. 
But if he, if he is disciplining them and she is not, the end result will be undisciplined children, and it is his problem. And I think the, the emphasis of that chapter was on a team, that we are a team, kind of already talked about, and that, um, and he talks a lot about the, uh, the I think, um, any time um, mom is disciplining, there's always the looming shadow of dad behind them. Um, because if mama is saying that this is the way it should be, that dad is in agreement with them, and vice versa, that there's always this, there's a team effort, and that's something that, that Aaron and I have worked hard at. Um, and sometimes, I'll, and Aaron is better at this than me, sometimes we'll start talking about something that we need to make it, you know, figure it out, and she'll say, you know, um, this is, like she'll talk quieter and say, I, I said that quietly for a reason so we could talk about this separately and then come back to it, you know. Because we really want to present to the kids as a unified team. We don't ever want to be like working things out in front of them in the sense of like, you know, and arguing about something or whatever. And we may have discussions um, behind closed doors as we figure things out, but it's, we want to be doing that and then presenting ourselves as a team. Um, and it's really important that, um, uh, so any thoughts on that? Husband and wife as a team. I think that one of the things that I'm starting to kind of figure out a little bit more, and I think that both um, um, both Sarah and I are, are communicating this more explicitly, particularly, uh, obviously more to Molly um, than, than to tell the younger one, but um, is when mom says something, mom and dad are saying something. Yeah. Or when dad says something, it's mom and dad are saying that to to you. Um, because oftentimes, the kids are creative. And they come over, and they'll try and get one answer. And they didn't like that answer from mom, and they'll try and get a different answer from dad. Um, and so we're really working on, I, I think that uh, maybe, we haven't, maybe we haven't talked about it explicitly, but it's been something that we have been doing more that I've noticed is that it's, OK, if you're asking to do something, let's ask both mom and dad together, since again, we happen to have a little bit more of a luxury of being at, at home uh, you know, during COVID and stuff like that, but also just when it's home at night and she, you know, it, and I'm, I'm there, it's, hey, you know, both, both need to respond to that. And so I think that the communication on that end has been a preventative measure for the need for discipline, because sometimes that whole winning thing often comes from confusion in the kid or the kid trying to manipulate too. And you know, I see that you know taking place. We're like, oh, of course I'm good at disciplining. <laughs> you're leaving. You're leading to confusion too. Yeah. So. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, I think that uh, one of the things we've really done or we've tried to do, tried to be consistent at, is disciplining if they ever triangulate. Mm. If they've gotten a, an answer from one parent and they get they go get a different answer from another parent. Uh, that's like that's disobedience right there right. because if one of us said no that doesn't matter what the other person says they're going to say no too if they knew that mom said no or if she knew that dad said no mm -hmm. and so i've told i've i've quote unquote gone back on my word to my kids when i found out that elizabeth had a different right. idea in mind it's like sorry guys she she trumps your her desires trump your desires every single time <laughs> so, so you're well disciplined now. yeah that's right <laughs> Yeah, that's a, some, I, I thought I was doing this because sometimes they come to me and I say, well, what did mama say? Oh, oh, she just said to ask you. But sometimes when I go to investigate, she had said no, but go ahead and ask papa. So sometimes we have to clarify that exactly what that was. <laughs>
I was going to say. Kids are clever at trying to outsmart you. Right. <laughs> I used to always tell them, you know what? When I ask you a question, the odds are really good I already know the answer. <laughs> I'm just letting you know up front. For the rest of your life, for the remainder of your time on Earth, I probably already know the answer. <laughs> That's good. I actually, did, this is a, maybe a little bit off topic, but I, was, I had a student once, because I teach math, and I had a student that came to me, and I, there was, he was rumored as, a, as someone who cheats a lot. In fact, he, he was, under, you know, the, the rumor was he was cheating his way through high school. And he uh, had a baseball scholarship at a Division One school. And he came to my math class his senior year, and I, the first day I looked him in the eye, I said, uh, so and so you have a reputation. And uh, I'm just going to be straight with you that I am going to catch you if you cheat in my class. It's, it's going to happen. And I did. And, uh, and I caught, caught him on it. And, they, you know, there were some serious repercussions. And uh, he was about to lose a scholarship. And he came to me begging. I said, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. But, uh, but if I catch you ever cheating again, you're, you're, it's an F, you're gone. And uh, anyway, that, that kid, um, I got the best graduation present from a student ever, and all, I mean, he, he was so thankful for it, and he came back to me and said that, you know, you changed my life, that uh, you were the first person that held me accountable to something, and, uh, and that, you know, things like that in teaching just makes you realize how important your role as a parent is, that, um, you know, that kind of thing is going on every day in your household, um, but, but it's smaller, and, and it, you don't see it, it's these little increments of teaching that truth to your kids. Um, and when you, when you, as a teacher, I, I do it, you know, one big move, and he recognizes me as doing something in his life. But in our kids, we are at profound effect on, in their lives, and we're, every day we're, we're speaking into them. And the way we discipline and the way we, you know, um, take time to know them and to know their hearts is, is really important. Um, I really appreciated how he said, in no uncertain terms, it's the father's responsibility yeah. to discipline the children. We're a team, but I, I just really appreciated that, that, you know, there's one person really in charge that really carries the weight right. of the responsibility. Right. And I love that in this, the, the, that point he's making that the guy was boasting about he can discipline and his wife can't, well, well, that's his problem, right? <laughs> if, your wife, if your wife's discipline is not working, that's, your, that's on you, right? So, um, yeah, um, you know, Ann says I can't say much if I don't read this chapter, so I gotta say this quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a <laughs> the, uh, what, it, Sometimes you're around kids, Leslie, I'm <laughs> Sometimes you're around uh, parents and their kids, and it's like the parents are worried the kids aren't gonna like them if they're too rough. Right, it's like yeah. the last thing you gotta worry about, just blast right through them, they'll figure out who's feeding them, who's clothing them, <laughs> and, and they do fine. And then I guess you could be a bully. <laughs> But right. I, 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 already, I already confessed publicly to this problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to give it a stink eye any longer. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying that it's, it's just if you just, you know, yeah, kids will hang in there with you really well. You don't even have to worry about whether they're going to like you. Right. Do they like you? Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Grandkids don't even like you. Yeah. How much are in laws? Yeah, okay. So maybe that's not a good point. I'll read this book. 
Mitt workout. Okay, any, <laughs> any uh, profound closing uh, comments before we... Uh, how are we supposed to top that? Yeah. <laughs> the insight is just... <laughs> that hurts. It's true. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I just, I, I guess maybe I'll end with, I, it is such a blessing and honor to be parents. And uh, it's, uh, I've really enjoyed discussing this um, you know, with all of you. I think there's a, a wealth of, of wisdom and um, in this room of parenting, and I, I just appreciate the insights that we've been able to share over the over the weeks. So, um, so if you'll stand, I'm going to uh, give you the charge and benediction. Uh, and we're going to try. We, we've been talking about you worshiping with our bodies, and this is something that I've done. I don't know when I started doing this, but anytime, uh, you know that a, a a benediction is like a blessing, right? And so, um, one thing. That I when I when I'm receiving a benediction, often I will stand with my palms open just to kind of signify that I'm I'm receiving um, this. And so, if you guys want to try, you don't have to. It's just uh, something that I do. Um, and so, because I'm going to speak truth over uh, this group, and and you want to receive it. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Go forth and live in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Let's end with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all.